Hello, everyone. I hope this finds you all safe and healthy. These are definitely trying times that we're going through. I guess um, I'm going to try doing this uh, a few times a week since, like most of you, um, I'm holed up here at home. Uh, probably have a lot more time on my hands than I'm used to. Uh, I have been working, but uh, things are slowed down a bit. So, um, so yeah, I figured I'd pump out a few of these episodes just to stay in touch with everyone. And um, yeah, if you guys want to hit me up, um, you can hit me up on Facebook or through uh, Messenger on Instagram. And if you have anything you want to share about this difficult time that we're going through, um, maybe you, you, we can even work something out where we send, if you want to, that is, you can send uh, you know, a clip, wave file, MP3, and we can put them all together on future episodes. Um, something like that might be cool. Everyone's feeling isolated, cut off, and um, I just like to give a platform for people to talk if they want to. And uh, if you guys want to listen to me, I know that I'm out there quite a bit. Um, if you guys listen to my weekly show at Gimme Radio, Metal Matters, you get to hear my voice on every Tuesday. And uh, this is just a sort of on and off show that I'm maintaining. It all kind of started with everything went black and um, built up from there. And I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I want to do with this show because uh, Metal Matters has taken up a lot of my time. And it pretty much, you know, takes up all of the musical content that I could be talking about unless it sort of goes beyond the extreme heavy metal you know, sort of vibe. So still trying to figure out how to, how to do this show. I know there's people out there that listen and these episodes come out infrequently at this point, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's still something I want to keep doing lately. Jeff Caxide and I, uh, formerly of ISIS and palms, we've been doing these horror shows, which, uh, have been a lot of fun. And, uh, for any of you guys out there who listen to necromaniacs, you might be wondering, uh, where those are, those episodes are. So Mike and I, just because of a number of reasons, schedule primarily, uh, we went on hiatus doing that show, but I th- we are definitely going to be doing new episodes. And uh, we're going to, we're not, we're going to try, we're going to be producing w- episodes every week. And Jeff is going to join us on the Necromaniacs team. So on a weekly basis, the show will be a combination of me and Mike Scandato, uh, or me and Jeff, and maybe even at some point the three of us, because uh, uh, you know now everyone's using Zoom. Uh, you know, props to Zoom; they must be getting a real spike in their uh, in their stock. One of the only stocks that might be doing well these days. Uh, they seem to have re- rescued everyone from uh, obscurity. So um, yeah, we're going to try that out, see how it works. Uh, but, you know, Jeff is somebody I've known forever. Great, great guy. Uh, if you guys listen to uh, Metal Matters, Randy Larson is uh, oftentimes a co-host on that show when we do the classic records. And me, Jeff, and Randy go way back. And uh, Randy and Jeff go even further back. Uh, they played in the band Cable together, which I'm sure you guys have heard of. And, um, you know, there was an early version of Isis where Randy uh, played guitar. And um, that version of the band was never recorded, but uh, Randy spent a lot of time playing with them uh, for a few months. But yeah, Jeff is going to be joining the fold, uh, trying to figure out 
put some ideas together for shows, the format. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of cool discussions like you guys are used to. Uh, but I think we're going to add more stuff. Uh, since it's going to be a weekly show, there's going to be more um, by way of news items uh, that are coming out in the horror field. You know, and there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I feel like the last few years, uh, the United States has been going through a sort of renaissance of good independent horror. You know, um, you know The Witch, Black Coat's Daughter, Color Out of Space, you know, just to name a few. Well, actually, uh, Richard Stanley, te- I guess technically Color Out of Space, though it is a U.S. production, Richard Stanley, South African, but I'm not going to split hairs. Uh yeah, it's um, a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, going to pick up that show. One of the reasons why we took such a hiatus was because there was this wave of activity that I was involved with that was going to be happening, supposed to be happening literally right now. <laughs> and all of that stuff has been put on the back burner. Uh, for those of you who know me personally out there, you might know that I had been working really hard uh, studying and preparing for this exam called the Professional Engineering Exam, uh, which I spent, I started studying in November and I've been cranking away, taking up a lot of my time. The date of the exam was April 22nd. And here in New York City, we're at ground zero of this whole pandemic in the United States. And uh, everyone's locked down here. Uh, I mean, lockdown is kind of a harsh word. Everyone's staying home. It's not like there's armed police wearing black tactical gear, patrolling the streets and shooting people who are leaving their homes. It's not like that at all. Uh, But people are staying home. If you're a non-essential worker, you can't come into the city. Everything's closed. It's takeout only. And uh, non-essential businesses are closed. And this uh, congregation of engineers who show up to take, take an exam is deemed a non-essential work activity. So I have to reschedule the exam. I'm not sure when that's going to happen. I'm thinking July would be a safe month to figure on this because uh, i got to be completely honest with everybody, though the projected peak is sometime this month. I don't see May being that much better than April. And June might be the time where things are slowly going to be turning back to, uh, I'm not going to say normal, but a higher level of activity. So for me to take this exam, I think July is probably the best bet for me. So anyway, there was that. There was this gigantic tour that we were going to be going on, which was going to take up uh, you know a few weeks of my time right there. There's the production of the new Tombs LP, which uh, has actually started already. Uh, Drums are complete. And the whole thing was going to be this flurry of activity that was going to take up a lot of my time, a lot of hours preparing for these things, rehearsal, lyric writing, studying, rehearsal for the record, rehearsal for the tour, all this kind of stuff. And um, and also, not to mention my regular job, the production of the weekly Metal Matters podcast. So Necro had to take a bit of a backseat. And um, so that's why there haven't, hasn't been any episodes. And uh, 
now that there's a lot of time on my hands and, um, you know, me and Jeff have been doing this thing through the Everything Went Black platform, this horror-related episodes. Why not combine forces? Maybe we're going to relaunch a little bit earlier than I had anticipated. And uh, it's going to be a weekly thing. So stay tuned if you're into horror. If you enjoyed that show, it's going to be all of what it was and more. So, um, you know, we'll be planning things out a little bit more. There'll be more of a uh, format you know, a little discussion. And, um, so yeah, just hang in there. And, um, you know, Mike has his own audience too, which I'm sure he's promoting this too as well. And, uh, for those of you guys out there who like that stuff, stay tuned. So anyway, normal, I mentioned that word earlier and, uh, I gotta be honest. I don't think that things are ever going to be back to normal. And, um, you know, every, everyone's alone or isolated. You don't see any people really. Everyone's at a distance. Uh, most of this is a mental game. I think that uh, the, statistically, most of us are going to make it out of this thing. Uh, you know, I, obviously, there are older family members, people who have existing health problems or underlying uh, genetic features which make them uh, vulnerable to this uh, virus, which all that stuff's going to be revealing itself in the coming months. So, you know, I'm uh, concerned and, uh, you know, my heart goes out to people who are suffering, but I think that most of us are going to be okay and we're going to come out the other end of this thing into a different world. But making it from point A to point B, that's really the battle to find a way to keep yourself in a positive mind space. And I say that, but I also have difficulty with that as well. I mean, um, that's my advice is keep a strong mental, uh, you know, thing going on. But I, I have that problem, man, of, of my mind goes into all these different directions, you know, and I guess like trying to keep composed during all this, trying to uh, find ways that you can... Uh, put your mind, transform your thoughts is, is part of the battle. Like for me, the biggest thing for me, and I'm not preaching, but I, I try to keep a regular schedule. I, start, I still wake up at the same time I do, you know, which is early. Um, I'm usually up and at it like around 5.30 in the morning. And, um, you know, even though I don't have to travel into the city, I still make sure I get my ass up. I change my clothes and I start doing my thing and that has given me a uh, sense of regularity to the day and um, still trying to keep on the exercise routines though all of the gyms are closed all of the places to train are closed I still try to do something on a daily basis either you know push-ups um, you know, squats some shadow boxing jumping rope uh, you know, planks, that kind of thing, you know, for those of you who follow George St. Pierre on Instagram, he's got some pretty cool, um, exercises that he does, he does. And, uh, trying to incorporate some of that stuff into my daily workouts as well. And I've actually set some fitness goals for myself. Um, now that I have this, uh, you know, isolation thing going on, I'm going to try to really focus on getting my push-ups in order, trying to get higher volume 
a higher push-up count out there. So far, it's been good. So far, I've actually added some reps. So I'm uh, looking forward to improving on that. And also, more importantly, the physical activity just keeps your brain functioning. You know, it's real easy. And I fall victim to this as well as to lay down, look at the ceiling and just worry about what the fuck's going on out there. And, um, you know, you're, everyone's constantly bombarded by these facts and figures and uh, none of us are experts on virology or epidemiology or any of this biology that's going on out there. So we are confused maybe a little bit and unsure about things. And, um, you know, it's a complicated situation. It's evolving every day. Things are changing. And I think that in order to not get overwhelmed by this, it's important to figure out ways to keep your mind even and in a good place. So, you know, that's my, uh, you know, PSA as part of this, uh, this announcement here. Uh, you know, another cool thing is having time to get to the things that have kind of put, been put on the back burner i.e. reading and watching some of these great streaming shows that are out there. And um, I just recently, well, I finished a couple of books, actually. I finished reading uh, this uh, sort of a biography. Well, it's not a biography. It's a The Last Testament of Anton Xander LaVey by uh, Boyd Rice. It's his recollection of the life of Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan, out of uh, five, five being excellent and one being poor, I would rate it at a 3.5 for, uh, for a read. I generally enjoy Boyd Rice's uh, writing style. I don't always agree with his content as well. But um, I think he's a great writer. Some of the things he says I think are stupid. Some of the things he says I think are cool. Uh, but this was like uh, interesting facts about Anton LaVey and the Church of Satan. But I just thought in general, the book kind of felt a little little uh, dialed, a little phoned in, as you, as you would say. Uh, it was culled from existing articles. And um, it was cool. But, I mean, it's worth reading. But it wasn't like this completely mind-blowing experience. I read a uh, verbal history of the swans, and I found that to be uh, quite good. I would give that a 4.5 out of a possible 5. And um, if you are a fan of Michael Gira and the swans and angels of light, and uh, this is something you should definitely read, it includes interviews and testimonies and all this other background information about the band he you know michael gear is also interviewed and it pieces together from before the existence of the band from the early days from the late 70s pretty much up until the current you know the current uh form of the band well, actually it doesn't include the most recent record um but anyway it's a more or less comprehensive exhaustive document of the entire career up to about two or three years ago. I am a huge fan of the Swans. They have been an incredible source of inspiration for me. And I voraciously devoured the book. 
and I learned a lot of stuff about the band. I learned a lot of stuff about the creative process. I learned a lot about the the sort of uh, conviction that he had. And I know that, you know, I, I've never met him, but people have commented on him as a person, and I have no opinion about any of that because I've never even, you know, I've seen the Swans several times, but I've never interacted with Michael Gira. And I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name the right way. So anyway, it's my way of pronouncing it. One of the things I did not like about the book was the uh, inclusion of Thurston Moore's input. Um, I found, uh, I've, I've always thought that Sonic Youth was was a kind of a, how should I put this? Uh, they were never really my cup of tea. I felt they were a band that didn't have a good drummer, and I always found that, in my opinion, the, the drums and the rhythm section really are the lifeblood of a band. That's the heart and blood distribution system of the animal that a band should be. And um, they didn't never, never had that, in my opinion. And I felt like, you know, Thurston Moore's snarky comments about a band that's far superior to anything that he's ever done to be a little annoying. And I would have not included him, even though, yeah, sure, he was a guy that was around back then, all that sort of stuff. But I don't know. I just didn't think it added much to the book, except for maybe providing a uh, perspective that might be uh, annoying. So anyway, I don't really like Sonic Youth. I think Kim Gordon's cool, but aside from the, the band itself, I'm not really a fan. A couple good songs here and there. I would say Evol is pretty cool. I like Daydream Nation, you know, and that's about it, really. I don't really get it. I've seen them a couple times, kind of boring. Uh, they can't really play their instruments. Uh, they can't really write songs, and I don't really have a whole lot of uh, use for Sonic Youth. But anyway, other than that, the book was great. I just started reading The Reddening by Adam Neville. Now, this is for horror fans. If you enjoyed The Ritual, Adam is the writer of that book. And there's also a Netflix uh, movie out there that uh, un unfaithfully adapts the book to film. However, the two things stand separately, but they're both very enjoyable. You know, the book itself... There's, there's whole sections of the book that didn't make it into the film. The film, I think, generally when, a, when the book is so different from the film and the film diverges from the text of the book, I, I find fault with the movie. But I think in the case of, the, of this, in the case of the ritual, the version, the cut of this particular film was like a very lean mean version of the story very uh like an austere version of the book is what made it to the film and i thought they were both great they both they both sort of stimulate different sides of myself and and i both i enjoyed both of them the book is definitely worth reading the movie is definitely worth seeing and um since we all have a lot of time on our hands uh check them check both of them out you know in my opinion you know, maybe watch the movie first and then read the book and you'll see what I'm talking about. And I'll leave it at that. But The Reddening, 
that just started it. Um, you know, it sounds intriguing. It's about uh, cannibals. It takes place in England. Uh, interesting characters. It takes place over an extended period of time. One of the characters is a recording enthusiast, which I found interesting. Someone who records these dark sounds that are found at the bottom of pits in the abandoned mines, uh, in, in abandoned industrial facilities, and he just records this, the natural sounds of these places. And I found that to be compelling. So that little detail about the character it, it was enough to grab my interest and kind of propel me through the book, even though this guy, well, I'm not going to give too much. In it. You know, If anyone out there wants to read it, you'll find it. You'll hopefully think this is a good book, but I 100% back this, and I back Adam Neville with all of his work. Um, everyone's binging shows these days. Uh, I'm late to the game on this, but The Sinner, season one and two. Finished season one on, on season two right now. My man Bill Pullman is the, the star of it. I love Bill Pullman. He's great. Um, you know, it's, it's just definitely, if, if you're into murder mysteries, I would liken this to, though that's not the same, if you enjoyed the first season of True Detective, if you endure, en, enjoy the work of David Lynch, I would say that this might be right up your alley. If you enjoyed The Outsider, um, I enjoyed the book. The movie, the series on HBO was excellent. However, I prefer the Stephen King book, but I still thought the, uh, the TV version of it, the HBO version was moody and compelling. And um, The Sinner, though not like any of those things I mentioned, if you like that, you'll like this. It's just, you know, very, very smart, very well-written, char good characters. There's like a uh, offbeat sensibility to it. And a lot of that is, uh, you know, the interpretation of the character that Bill Pullman does. Um, you know, that guy's got like a very specific way of acting. And uh, maybe they wrote this role for him specifically because it seems tailor-made to his abilities. So anyway, I'm, I'm enjoying that. Um, with Stuart Gordon, his recent passing motivated me to check out some of his older films. I mean, From Beyond and uh, The Reanimator, I feel like are in my regular viewing habits, but I went deeper into his uh, catalog and checked out the film Edmund, which was based on a um, David Mamet play. And it has all of the earmarks of David Mamet's um, dialogue and uh great movie very very oddly paced uh highly recommend it though some people as a matter of fact jeff who i did the horror podcast with doesn't really like this movie i was kind of surprised by that but anyway check it out Stuart gordon's version of the pit and the pendulum was amazing i love the vincent the one that vincent price stars in but lance henriksen is terrifying in this movie and uh if you're a fan of edgar Allan poe i think that this is a pretty cool interpretation of that it's not 100 percent faithful to the short story but it's uh still quite good and then dagan always always satisfying anything that has to do with uh fishy humans and the you know, sort of abysmal shoreline 
and um, ancient civilizations and old gods transforming humanity into these like guild creatures. I think any any story that deals with that specifically is like something that I am at least going to check out. Now, speaking of underwater horror, I'm anticipating checking out Underwater, <laughs> the film. I've been told that there's a Lovecraftian element to that as well, and uh, we'll see. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be available streaming, I think, in another week or so. So, uh, you know, I'm going to check that out. Also, um, speaking of streaming, I caught The Invisible Man. That's something that was a theatrical release, but once all this, like, pandemic hit, they made it available on Amazon. So I streamed that. I have mixed feelings about that film. I thought it was an interesting take on an old property, an old archetypical character. Um, but, you know, as a film, and, and maybe we'll talk about that in, in, in another Jeff episode of this show or on a future episode of uh, Necromaniacs. We'll see. But, yeah, that was uh, my um, tribute to the late, great Stuart Gordon. And, uh, you know, he'll be missed out there in the world of film and the world of horror writers. There's a show that, I mean, a lot of people have been talking about this Tiger King show, and I watched it, and I got to be honest, I didn't really like it. I uh, Probably in the minority. But uh, I found it sad. I found it um, depressing. Uh, I'm an animal lover. And I do not uh, appreciate the treatment of wild animals that are endangered, especially endangered species. And after watching a couple episodes in a row, I felt like my intellect uh, had been was eroding. I felt like I felt like I was getting stupider with every minute that I watched that uh, that show. And um, so anyway, I guess uh, what what's good about it was that it raised awareness for some of these uh, big cat. Uh, breeding farms and you know raise some awareness about animal cruelty and that sort of stuff which I 100% support that and it shined a light on just on just how dark all that stuff is so anyway not my cup of tea but some of the things I've had going on right now um, writing wise uh, you, you guys are if you're listening to this show you're probably familiar with Holy Mountain printing and um they do the Tombs merch, they do Leviathan, they do Integrity. Um, you know, there's a bunch of bands that, that Danny does uh, merchandise for that I'm sure you guys at, you know, are into. And um, he's going to be launching a magazine, which I think is pretty amazing since, you know, Holy Mountain's not just a merch company. I mean, they, there's like, they release records. He's a curator of a lot of, uh, you know, this kind of Gojira uh, Japanese monster stuff, and um, yeah, he he's a, he's just an interesting guy, and he's he has Danny Trudell has like the soul of an artist, you know, like some guys who are t-shirt guys, like merch people, they're printers, you know, they they're they're into making shirts, you know, not so much into the original artwork, but Danny is like a curator of art, be it music be it graphic art, and now be it the written word. And um, he's asked me to contribute some work to his uh, forthcoming magazine. 
And um, I'm excited to be, be part of that because uh, he and I have developed a, a really solid friendship over the years. And uh, I've got a lot of respect for him. And I think that he's going to do a great job with this magazine. And, uh, you know, I think he's quite brave doing it in a world where print media is not necessarily uh, the go-to that it once was. So I'll be contributing um, in, in an interview I did with Joe Bigos and Josh Ethier. Um, who are filmmakers and uh, they most recently their film VFW came out um, they did Bliss from last year uh, they did a bunch of other films that I cover in the in the article and currently right now I'm working on this integrity career retrospective and um, I mean hell you can write an entire book about integrity they've been a band that has been has touched so many other bands and help they were architects of this whole metalcore 90s you know sort of thing i mean you know metal and hardcore definitely are not are not they're they're they used to be estranged cousins back in the 80s but you know with bands like uh chromags and um that one agnostic front record uh cause for alarm you know, and carnivore bands like that, I feel like they, uh, the, the marriage, the cross-pollination of metal and hardcore had its roots in that, you know, late 80s, mid-80s scene. But it wasn't until bands like Integrity and um, Starkweather, uh, I would even say Rorschach maybe, uh, Turmoil is another band that comes to mind. Uh, put together this whole style of music that has been deemed metalcore. So, I mean, Integrity is not only that. I mean, Starkweather is amazing. I love that band. They are, have a whole dimensions to their music. But aside from Starkweather, I feel like Integrity might have been one of the only bands that wasn't two-dimensional. They had, there's so much depth to the music. And a lot of it has to do with just Dwid's interest in the occult and uh, industrial music and other non-metal influences that found its way into uh, the music of integrity. I mean, that's what, that's what attracted me to the band in the beginning was, you know, like I, I was never into like the scene or into bands that had songs about being vegan or straight edge or whatever. I wasn't into like the champion sweatshirt trip none of that stuff, you know, at the time Integrity came out, you know, I was, I had just found out about black metal. I was into bands like Buzz Oven and I Hate God. And, uh, you know, I was reading about Manson and serial killers and, you know, discovering like more extreme horror films. You know, this is like in the early to mid nineties and, um, Integrity came around and I remember seeing the artwork and, the titles of the albums and the song titles. And before I even heard the music, I knew that it was something I was going to be into. You know, humanity is the devil. Uh, you know, uh, the artwork, the Pusshead album cover, the Process Church of Final Judgment imagery, the four pie symbol, um, you know, songs, you know, the references to Abraxas and all this like Manson stuff like that was like deeply part of my consciousness at the time so anyway to make a long story short right now I'm, i've put together all the interviews i've interviewed all these different people that are involved in the band i've gotten quotes from different people that have released music by them that have been in the band 
I've got a couple hours of interviews with Dwid. I'm wading through all this material. I'm writing my own original thoughts about the band. And uh, I'm putting it all together. And like I said, you can write an entire book about them, but this is going to be serialized in uh, Danny's Magazine. So I'm really looking forward to getting this thing over the fence. Uh, I've been juggling this along with all those other things I mentioned earlier. Uh, I've been trying to get this done. And I guess we're now with work slowing down a little bit, the tour being canceled, band practice indefinitely on hold until uh, you know we can actually uh, have clearance to be close to each other again. Um, I have more time. So there you go. I'm going to be working on that. And looking forward to it. Anyway, I won't take up too much more of you guys' time. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. If you want to check out Metal Matters, that comes out every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. We're like the we're like the US mail. You know, rain, sleet, shine, whatever, man. Comes out, coronavirus, not, nothing stops Metal Matters from coming out. So that'll be every delivered to you every Tuesday. And uh, there'll be more of these. You know, this is a good opportunity to get back into doing everything went black. Uh, we're in the planning phases for relaunching Necromaniacs uh, on the tombs front. The dramas are recorded in May. I'll be uh, getting down to the studio one way or the other. And uh, recording guitars. Drew's going to be recording bass. going to be doing some vocals. Matt will be showing up to rip some solos and shred and uh you know it's it's gonna be good i'm looking forward to doing it and uh getting that thing done hopefully if all goes well um i mean this the plan is to have that record out this fall and hopefully we're in a position where we can go out and support this thing and take it to the streets which is like more so than anything that is what i live for is to go out there into the world and present this stuff and I've said it before, but I feel incredibly fortunate to still be able to be doing this stuff at this stage of my life. So anyway, hopefully uh, this fall we'll be getting out there on the road and seeing what's up. So anyone, be safe, be healthy, and hit me back through whatever channel you follow me with or whatever channel we can get in touch with. And if you, yeah, if you guys have stories of your own, you can send me, uh, you know, MP3s or WAV files or whatever, and I'll I'll cut it into the next couple of shows. So, anyway, stay hit, stay safe.